Okay, he likes lava. So he likes the heat. <laughs> so if we could... I mean, we're in a cave. Presumably yeah. there's cold water accessible. Maybe we just throw some cold water at him and he won't like it and he'll go away. <laughs> okay, yeah. Let's give it a go. Right, so... Let's see what it says. The party stands ready, facing the fiery salamander that blocks their path. The creature's eyes burn with a fierce intensity, and its body radiates intense heat. The air around you crackles with anticipation as the battle is about to commence. Okay, so... Um, I'm just going to give it instructions not to uh, make us uh, uh, defeat it immediately. Okay, first we'll... See if we can see some water around. How are we going to throw the water at it? We can ask one of the dwarfs. They always carry like little drinking tankards, mm. don't they? Because they love a beer. So maybe one of the dwarfs has a yeah a tankard or a tumbler or something. Okay, yeah. Shout for a dwarf to grab its uh, canteen or tankard and grab some water and throw it over. Salamander. So Colin quickly surveys the surroundings, searching for any signs of water. His eyes catch sight of a small underground stream trickling nearby. He shouts to one of the dwarfs, Grab your canteen and fetch some water. The dwarf responds swiftly, pulling out his tankard and rushing to scoop up water from the stream. He carefully approaches the raging salamander, braving the intense heat and hurls the water at the creature. The water splashes over the salamander's scaly body, momentarily dousing its fiery aura. The salamander recoils, letting out a furious hiss as it attempts to shake off the water. The sudden relief from the heat weakens its attack momentarily, providing a window of opportunity for the party. Okay, good work, Matthew. That was good action. Salamander's on the back foot. What now? I think we maybe try and do the non-violent approach and... (laughs) <laughs> whilst the salamander's kind of what's it saying a momentarily yeah. momentarily providing a window of opportunity yeah, yeah. so maybe we just have a wee word to him and convince him that there's no need for us to, to trouble each other here and uh, um, he could just go back to his pool of lava and enjoy <laughs> the rest of his day okay can we try and talk to the salamander let's encourage him to get back in his nice warm lava you know, stew a little and enjoy his day. Why? I think the AI will love this because it totally loves the, like, you know, peaceful, non-violent. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's always trying to get to not do nasty things. (laughs) You decide to try a different approach and attempt to communicate with the salamander. Stepping forward cautiously, you address the creature in a calm and soothing tone. Dear Salamander, we understand your fiery nature and your love for warmth. We mean no harm and simply wish to pass through. Would it not be more enjoyable for you to return to your cosy lava and bask in its comforting heat? <laughs> oh, I like that. That must have been you. That's not, I don't sound like that. <laughs> the Salamander pauses, its fiery eyes narrowing as it considers your words. Its aggression seems to momentarily waver, and you sense a glimmer of curiosity in its gaze. It ponders the proposition, seemingly torn between its natural instincts and the possibility of returning to its preferred environment. As the tension hangs in the air, it's uncertain how the salamander will respond. Will it succumb to its desire for warmth, or remain hostile? The outcome of this interaction rests on the creature's own choice. 
What actions will you take next? Or do you have any other ideas to try and peacefully resolve the situation? So, so it's so, so it's like you decide whether it decides. Like we've we pretty much gave it an option there. Yeah. So like, I mean, d- does does it want us now to say, well, if it, you know, if it rejects this offer, I'm going to get one of the dwarves to kick his teeth out. Yeah. Is that what, yeah something like that? I mean, do do we just say here? Okay, we'll just stand there, put our hands on our hips, stare at the salamander. And tap her foot. <laughs> Wait for him to make a decision. <laughs> you and your party stand your ground, adopting a confident stance and fixing your gaze upon the salamander. The tension in the air is palpable as moments pass in silence. You tap your foot impatiently, <laughs> emphasizing your firm resolve. The salamander regards you, its fiery eyes flickering with uncertainty. It seems to sense your determination and the futility of engaging in a battle that may not necessarily win. Slowly, the creature starts to relent, its aggression subsiding. With a low rumble that resembles a sigh, the salamander backs away, retreating towards the warmth of the molten rock and the lava that surrounds it. It glances back at you one last time before disappearing into the fiery depths. The confrontation ends without bloodshed and you find yourselves victorious in a different way. A triumph of negotiation and understanding. The path ahead (laughs) is now clear, allowing you to continue your journey through the caverns. So with the salamander gone, we take a moment to catch our breath and regroup. uh, regroup. The challenge of the fiery creature has been overcome and we can now proceed deeper into the mysterious depths. Uh, don't we want to go up, not into the mystery? Yeah, I think we want to get out <laughs> rather than... Suddenly the, the eyes now like Eldor is in this cave, <laughs> but deeper. But uh, no, Escape. we need to get out. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Right, as we press forward, determined to find our way out of the treacherous cave and return to Aradia, we navigate through winding passages and continue our descent into the depths. Oh, the only way must be down. The air grows heavier and the temperature rises as we delve further into the labyrinthine tunnels. However, your progress is soon hindered by a sudden rumble and the ground beneath us begins to shake violently. Loose rocks tumble down from above, creating a dangerous obstacle in our path. It appears a cave-in's occurred, blocking our way forward and trapping us inside. The situation is dire, but our determination has brought us this far. Now we must confront a challenge of the cave-in and find a way to escape with the precious heart of the mountain. <laughs> yeah, so here are three options for you to consider. We could search for an alternative route or hidden passage that might lead us around the cave-in. We could attempt to clear the debris and create a path by moving smaller rocks and boulders, or we could use magical abilities or skills to find solutions to overcome the obstacles in an unconventional <laughs> way. Well, your middle name's unconventional when it comes to your... Uh holographic projections and stuff yeah well I was thinking uh, we could uh, use my illusionist skills to bring up a YouTube video on mm-hmm. how to how to effectively uh, negotiate cave-ins mm-hmm. I think the dwarves might be keen to in fact maybe well, imagine it turned out that one of the dwarves we were with had actually recorded this YouTube video and he was the, the main authority on cave-ins <laughs> that could good. happen could happen yeah never mind okay let's see about this 
Okay, Matthew taps into his illusionist skills, conjuring a magical screen that resembles a fantasy version of YouTube. He searches for a tutorial on cave-in cleaning, clearing, hoping to find a helpful video that could guide us through this perilous situation. To our surprise, the video that gains the most views and positive feedback is titled Mastering Cavens, The Art of Rock Displacement. <laughs> and features none other than one of your group members, the dwarf named Oric Stonebeard. <laughs> Oric, it turns out, is a renowned dwarven engineer and a prolific YouTuber who has dedicated his channel to sharing his expertise on various underground hazards and techniques. In the, Love it. In the video, Oric walks viewers through the process of safely clearing a cave-in using leverage, proper positioning and teamwork. Expl explanations are thorough and he demonstrates the use of various tools including rock hammers, pry bars and even magical spells that aid in removing the debris. With this newfound knowledge we gather our group around, follow Oryx's instructions, implement those techniques and the combined efforts of the party guided by Oryx allow us to gradually clear the obstructive passage one rock at a time. After several hours we successfully create a path through the cave-in opening the passage onwards. Covered in dust and perspiration, but filled with a sense of accomplishment, we continue our journey, grateful for Oryx's unexpected expertise and the power of fancy YouTube. <laughs> okay. Um, right, so what next? Should we give it a bit of guidance? Let's say we really want to go upwards. Um, what are my spells? Paladin. Paladins are useful, useless in caves unless we actually come across, like, some undead stuff. What else could we do with your illusionist skills? What else can illusionists do that would help us find our way out? What about a map? Do you think we can conjure some kind of map? Yeah. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> so it's going to get us out. Will we go with this? Are we done yeah. with caves? <laughs> yeah, we've been in a lot of caves, haven't we? <laughs> We're done. I'm getting vitamin D deficiency. <laughs> totally. You didn't bring your sad lamp. You need to bring your lamp when you go caving. Uh, right. No Ledman's has got it. <laughs> Matthew concentrates his illusionist powers, weaving a complex spell to create a large, intricate holographic representation of the cave system. The illusion hovers before you, showcasing the tunnels, chambers and pathways in stunning three-dimensional display, reminiscent of a sophisticated video game map. With the holographic map at your disposal, you study the layout of the cave system, searching for potential routes upwards. The map reveals a series of interconnected tunnels, some marked with symbols indicating possible exits. As you analyse it, you notice a particular tunnel that seems to go higher than the others. The path appears to be a challenging climb, but offers a potential escape from the subterranean labyrinth. Armed with this newfound knowledge, you guide your party towards the tunnel, navigating the passages and steep inclines. The journey's arduous filled with narrow ledges, slippery footholds, and occasional encounters with hazardous creatures that call the underground their home. But Just brush it over know, that. Yeah. We... we just fought a few things. We'll maybe come back to it. <laughs> Through perseverance and skill, we ascend higher and higher, following the holographic map. After what feels like an eternity, we emerge from the darkness into a shaft of dimly lit sunlight. We find ourselves standing at the entrance of a narrow fissure, leading out into the open air. The journey has been a gruelling test of endurance, but we've successfully escaped the depths of the cave. The holographic map dissipates as we step into the daylight, the weight of the subterranean world lifting from our shoulders. The heart of the mountain remains in our possession, pulsating with power. 
ready to be used by Aradia to guide us towards Eldor. As we take a moment to catch our breath and orient ourselves in the outside world, the grand quest to find Eldor and confront Necrotus lies before us. The journey continues and the challenge persists, but every step takes us closer to our ultimate goal. I'm wondering if we should maybe ask the AI, like, under no circumstances do we want any more caves or crystals. <laughs> I just don't, I don't want another cave and I don't want another crystal. Okay. I'm happy with anything other than that, yeah. but yeah. I've had my, I've had my share of uh, crystal-filled caves. <laughs> Let's not include any more caves or crystals in this adventure. <laughs> All right, we're on our way back to Misthaven. So we find ourselves in Aradia's enchanting residence in Misthaven. The air is filled with a sense of anticipation as Aradia shares her knowledge of Eldor, the hidden city that holds the key to defeating Necrotus. She provides us with a parchment map, carefully detailing the route and challenges we might encounter on our journey to Eldor. Now it's time for us to make decisions and set forth on our quest. As we leave Aradia's residence, we find ourselves back on the bustling streets of Misthaven. The city offers a myriad of possibilities and opportunities. You can explore the magical marketplaces, interact with the mystical Denzians, or seek guidance from other knowledgeable beings. The choice is ours. Remember, our ultimate goal is to find Eldor and confront Necrotus. Stay vigilant, for the path ahead is fraught with dangers and uncertainties. With Aradia's wisdom and guidance, our journey will be illuminated, and it's up to us to navigate the twists and turns that lie ahead. So what about a wee side quest again? I was thinking maybe like we could explore the background of one of our party, you know, yeah. whether it's Stonebeard or whether it's um, maybe no Edmonds. Maybe it turns out they've got a mysterious relation here. It's uh, worth okay. finding out a little more about. Yeah. But yeah. a character development is always good, isn't it? <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, you make your way through the vibrant streets of Misthaven, following the directions provided by one of the dwarfs in our party. Soon we arrive at a quaint, cosy cottage nestled on the outskirts of the city. This is the residence of Bungo Ironbeard, the cousin Bungo. of one of the dwarfs in our group. What kind of a name is Bungo? Bungo is a great dwarf. Sorry, any Bungos that are listening. <laughs> Bungo Ironbeard is a skilled blacksmith renowned for his craftsmanship and ingenuity. He's known for creating exceptional weapons and armour that have become highly sought after in the realms. But lately, Bungo has encountered a problem that's dampened his spirits and hindered his work. Sorry to interrupt here, but wouldn't it be great to meet a dwarf who was like a data analyst or something? Like, they're all blacksmiths and stuff. Yeah. Just, you know, I'm a software developer. Or, yeah. Yeah, uh, I deliver Amazon. <laughs> right, yeah, but no, it's a dentist. I'm a blacksmith. I mean, do you get a dwarf yeah. dentist? Surely that's that's got to exist somewhere, doesn't it? <laughs> but you can't all be blacksmiths. <laughs> like dwarven dwarven society must be pretty unbalanced yeah. if everyone's just like making swords or chipping at yeah. rocks or that. There's no food. Like there's no, none of them are farmers. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, all right. As we enter the cottage, we find Bungo hunched over his forge, a look of frustration etched on his face. He explains that his prized hammer, the ancestral heirloom, passed down through generations, has gone missing. Without it, he struggles to forge his finest creations and fears his reputation might suffer. Bungo shares the suspicion that the hammer might have been stolen by a rival blacksmith, seeking to undermine his success. 
He seeks your assistance in recovering the stolen hammer and restoring his honour. This unexpected turn of events presents an opportunity for you to demonstrate your skills and build a deeper bond with the local community. Oh wow, I've not seen that as a quest in a fantasy book before. Build a deeper bond with your local community. <laughs> I like that. Um, so I suppose we've still got no lead mans, yeah. uh, and he, I think, was pretty much a thief himself. So oh, yeah. maybe to get inside the head of this other thief, we could um, we could ask That's Noel for his take on it. Yeah. You know, yeah. if you stole this hammer, where would you have hidden it? <laughs> I think we need it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great idea. I think there's a couple of details we need first. Like, first, what's this hammer called? Like, it didn't give us a name. Yeah, Surely. who's this rival blacksmith as well? Yeah, totally. Okay. And why are they rivals? Aye, good question. So, Bungo Ironbeard's prized hammer is no... Oh, no, that's rubbish. That's old. That's... Uh, right, try again. <laughs> it told us Mjolnir's legacy, which is basically uh, Thor's, isn't it? Thor's. So, it's given a stone splitter. Stone splitter? Will that do? All right. Bung Why is he splitting stones if he's a blacksmith? Yeah. Do they not work with metal? <laughs> That's a good point. Terrible blacksmith. Okay, right, wait a minute. Give us five names, possible names for the hammer. <laughs> Earth Shatter, Thunder Strike, Forge Breaker, Soul Render, and Stone Cleaver. What do you think? What we go with? think they're all terrible they are um <laughs> let's give us five options and make them nothing to do with metal or rock or anything like that okay so now we've got Stormrend, luminary's grace seraph's embrace frostbane and solar flare yeah. we're getting there seraph's embrace seems <laughs> Kind of like that, because it's a bit, yeah. yeah, it's just a bit different, isn't it? It's like a hammer's embrace. You will succumb yeah. to my hammer's embrace. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Seraph's embrace. Uh, so tell us about this rival uh, and what made them rivals. Okay, yeah. What's the background here? Okay, so Bungo Ironbeard's rival in the world of blacksmithing is a skilled artisan named Agnisa Emberforge. Agnesa? Agnesa Emberforge. Let's just call her Agnes. Agnes, cool. The rivalry between Bungo and Agnes began many years ago when they were both apprentices in the same renowned Dwarven Forge. From the start, they had a competitive spirit and clashed over their differing philosophies and craftsmanship. Bungo, known for his traditional and meticulous approach, values the time-honoured techniques passed down through generations. He believes in the importance of each strike, the integrity of the materials, and a mastery of forging skills. Agnes, on the other hand, is an innovative and forward-thinking blacksmith who embraces experimentation and unconventional methods. She seeks to push the boundaries of what's possible, often incorporating enchantments and unique designs into her work. Their rivalry intensified as they competed for recognition and clients within the Dwarven community. The tension reached its peak when they both participated in a prestigious blacksmithing competition vying for the title of Master Smith. Agnes emerged as the victor, causing Bungo's pride to suffer a severe blow. <laughs> so, ba so basically Bungo got beat, fair and square. In a and a competition. 
<laughs> by someone who's just better than him. By someone and he who's, can't take it. By someone who's better and not stuck in the past. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they did steal his hammer. I don't think he has a hammer. Yeah. I don't think he's even a blacksmith. I think he's just a fantasist he's blaming he's blaming his uh, his <laughs> his uh, you know shrinking uh, client book on uh, the stealing <laughs> of his hammer as opposed to just the fact that he's completely out of date and creating old crap swords <laughs> yeah i don't even want to help this guy I know. <laughs> okay oh what do we do now i don't know yeah you're right i wonder if we maybe mist haven has a job so, like just coming off the back of these unconventional jobs for dwarves Maybe Misthaven has a job centre. We could yeah. go and find them a job and just convince them to give up being a blacksmith because there's far too many of them anyway. <laughs> I think you're right. I think especially if he's just not got the passion for the for the skill anymore for for developing yeah. his uh, techniques and keeping up with the latest uh, you know latest tactics of blacksmithing. He doesn't want to improve. He doesn't want to modernise. He's not got a hammer. Like he just shouldn't be doing this anymore. <laughs> Okay, it sounds like Bungo just isn't into this anymore. Is he using the 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 allegedly stolen <laughs> hammer as an excuse for his fading uh, enthusiasm and skills? As we bring our concerns about Bungo's fading enthusiasm and skills, we managed to convince him to explore other possibilities and find a new career path that ignites his passion. Together, we head to the Mist Haven Job Centre, a hustling hub of opportunity and guidance for individuals seeking new employment. Inside the Job Centre, Bungo is initially hesitant and unsure about where to begin, but its helpful staff members guide him through the process. They present various training programs, apprenticeships, and job listings tailored to his skills. After a lot of thought, Bungo finds himself drawn to the field of architectural design. His love for creating intricate designs and attention to detail can be channeled into crafting blueprints and architectural plans. The prospect of constructing magnificent structures and leaving a lasting impact excites him, rekindling his sense of purpose. With renewed enthusiasm, Bungo begins his journey towards becoming an architectural draftsman. He dives into learning new techniques and embracing the blend of traditional craftsmanship and modern aesthetics. You and your party support Bungo through this transition, providing encouragement and assistance along the way. Together we embark on a new chapter, eager to see Bungo thrive in his newfound career and reignite the fire within him. Well, sounds like we're here for like three years. Easy. Yeah, <laughs> I know, to help him set his business up. Um, we're kind of running out of time on this episode, but I'm just thinking, whilst we're in the job centre, does yeah. our party have any skill gaps that we could place an ad for? Okay. We could do some recruitment whilst oh. we're here. Okay, right, we want to recruit for a new party member. Can we post a job ad? Right, so what are we looking for? Do you think if we had a marketer, we could like get more inbound side quests? Um, you know, oh yeah, had, like, a... for sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely. We could kind of uh, yeah. How would you, well, whenever you're in um, Fantasy World, usually it's like postings on like uh, the the community notice board, isn't it? Yeah. So we need to employ some kind of uh, we need to employ a copywriter to create some good postings, and then a whole team of people to go and post them everywhere. Yeah, basically recruit an entire marketing department. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, right. Aha. 
So, <laughs> we've decided... Ah, I see, you've decided to take a different approach and prioritise your marketing efforts. In that case, we can craft a job seeking talented individuals for a specialised marketing department to promote our party's skills, achievements and availability for lucrative adventures. <laughs> Do you want to hear what the ad says? Yeah. <laughs> so the job centre's uh, written us an ad. Here, you go for it. I've read too much in this one. <laughs> uh, marketing wizards wanted... Are you a master of persuasion, a wordsmith extraordinaire, or a creative genius? Our illustrious party of adventurers seeks a skilled marketing team to elevate our reputation, attract high-value quests, and secure the most glorious loot in the realm. Join us in our quest for marketing dominance and become the catalyst of our success. (laughs) And we've got a list of uh, requirements here, responsibilities, perks. Um... (laughs) I like uh, strategic thinking and the ability to identify lucrative adventure opportunities. Yeah, we could maybe do some job interviews in the next episode. That would uh, first of our fantasy story that had job interviews in it. <laughs> I'd like to see one CV before we finish up. Let's see. Yeah, that'd be okay. great. Yeah. Let's say we've posted this um, and waited for some applications. Can you give us one? CV. Can we yep. add in a criteria yeah. that this person isn't overly qualified for the role and was dismissed from their last job? <laughs> last job. But they're trying to hide it on the scene. <laughs> or will we sit imagine it's imagine it's just that dwarf that we talked about being a blacksmith. He was so mundane yeah. I can't even remember his name. <laughs> um <clears throat> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, here we go. So we've got a CV in, Matthew. This is excellent. Right, tell me about it. Who who's this guy? What's our applicant? Okay, we've got Gilder Stonefoot, and he's he's got race gnome, uh, in brackets, proud member of the mighty Mountain Gnomes Guild. Nice. So what's his objective then? (laughs) To join our esteemed party as the marketing sorcerer extraordinaire, bringing unparalleled enchantments to promote our heroic exploits and secure epic quests with generous rewards. With his indomitable spirit and mythical creativity, he's going to aim to catapult our party to unimaginable fame and fortune. Oh, this sounds good. This guy's, this guy's got it. Yeah. What about his experience? Where's he been working up till now? So, um, illusionary, the Illusionary Miracles Company, he was Chief Imaginative Officer, in brackets, aspiring position, uh, conjured breathtaking illusions to captivate audiences and increase brand enchantment. Parted ways amicably due to an unfortunate magical mishap involving a teleportation spell, a teleportation spell, sorry, and an, an irate unicorn. <laughs> Details available upon request. Nice. What else did he do? We've also got uh, <clears throat> we've also got potion brews and more. He was a potion potion mixing apprentice. Crafted magical elixirs and conducted marketing experiments to entice customers. Played a pivotal role in the famous 
potion of invisibility fiasco, resulting in minor town-wide chaos and unintended transparency. <laughs> in brackets, successfully avoided legal consequences. <laughs> All right, he's got a few skills. What we got? Spellbinding storytelling masterfully weaves enchanting tales that transport listeners to other realms, frequently mistaken for an accomplished bard due to spontaneous song and interpretive dance. (laughs) Interpretive dance performances at inappropriate moments. Oh, nice. I like it. Inappropriate moments. Always the best time. Uh, Then we've got mystical social media management. Proficient in harnessing the power of crystals, seances, and mystical chants to optimise social media presence. Expert in translating magical jargon into relatable content for a diverse audience. Always important. Budget alchemy. You always want to scrimp on alchemy, don't you? Of course. This is what led to the potion of invisibility fiasco. (laughs) Exactly, yeah, but still it's his skill. Um, Budget alchemy. Exceptional at turning mere copper into gold metaphorically speaking <laughs> skilled at cost saving spells and procuring discounts from potion suppliers <laughs> and we've got a wee bit on his education yeah it turns out he went to the school of mystical marketing excellence he's got a degree in advanced enchantments and marketing potions cum laude uh, I never know what that means what mean. does that mean? I, I, no idea <laughs> something that people put on CVs to sound posh um, <laughs> Honoured for crafting the most extravagant marketing campaign involving dancing dragons, flying carpets, and a questionable sponsorship deal with a leprechaun-owned brewery. Huh. Okay. And references? Uh, Lady Agatha Thornfield, Grand Sorceress of the Enchanted Grove. Gilda is a unique individual with an unshakable belief in their own magical prowess. Well, occasionally misguided, their enthusiasm is unparalleled. <laughs> That's a sort of backhanded reference, that, that is. That is a classic reference from somebody who thinks this person is rubbish, but they try hard. You know, they turn up. <laughs> <laughs> and then we've got Archmage Bartholomew Blackthorn, who's a royal court magician. It's not bad. Gildar's ability to conjure chaos is second to none. (laughs) Unorthodox methods often yield unexpected results, for better or worse. (laughs) So that's another one where uh, you kind of, it's not really in your interest as an an ex-boss giving a bad reference because you can be kind of, like there's all sorts of legal things that can happen to you in genuine real life if you give a bad reference. So you tend to try and uh, you just give a good reference really. Yeah. Whether it matters or not. Which renders them pointless. Exactly. Uh, and this guy has uh, managed to give a bad reference while, uh, uh, yeah, not going too bad, badly down that route. <laughs> so he's got at the bottom, uh, please note, any discrepancies in employment history are the result of miscommunication between realms or minor temporal disturbances. <laughs> Ready to bring my enchanting charm and questionable magical skills to your esteemed party. Let the mystical marketing journey begin. Best regards, Gilder Stonefoot. And he's got a little PS down there at the bottom, hasn't he? Yeah. In the spirit of full <laughs> In the spirit of full transparency, it should be mentioned that I have a minor aversion to goblin encounters and occasional bouts of spontaneous pyrotechnics. However, these traits only add to my enchanting allure and the overall excitement of our mar- uh, marketing endeavours. <laughs> All right, I like, I like this guy's enthusiasm. 
between now and the next episode, we could take some time to consider this candidate, can't we? Yeah, yeah, indeed. I mean, I think we need to read a few more applications, uh, just in case we've got some actual competent good people. But I'm not ruling this guy out. 